I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow geeks sit down in front of microphones and try to figure out where their fandoms intersect, like a Venn diagram. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. Like a Venn diagram. My name's Jordan Ferguson. This is episode 88, and if you've liked what you've heard in the last 36 seconds, you can find us on SoundCloud. <laughs> SoundCloud.com. Sound down. Sound down. Sound down, everyone. <laughs> dot org dot net dot org dot edu soundcloud.com slash geekdown pod is it it's forward forward slash always a forward slash geekdown uh pod (laughs) (laughs) i know what we're called it's fine um while you're there you can look at all it's where we live and you can look at all of our wonderful episodes you can scroll through you can find the first one it'll probably be slightly dated but we're hilarious so it's fine um oddly enough it was more put together than this one 88 87 episodes later so <laughs> it was it was um and you know what it's funny i uh found that we actually we have murder she wrote on a thing and i started uh just showing it to everyone and then got sucked into the episode it was fantastic. We have murder she wrote on a thing. No, I like at at home. Like, there's like one of the things we own as a household uh-huh. has episodes of murder she wrote on it. Oh, and I guess that wasn't explained very well. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, murder she wrote, great. And I just like you guys have to see this. It's so eighties, and like put it on and immediately. Everyone's sort of staring at me, but I'm like totally entranced by the episode. Caitlin doesn't realize forty five minutes has gone by. Yeah. People are like, are we going to dinner? Uh, like, Jessica Fletcher is just so, like, she just pulls you in. Uh, yeah. That she does. SoundCloud.com slash GeekTownPod. GeekTownPod. Um, while you're there, if you like, you can actually subscribe to us. You could. You, you give us a follow on there. Yeah. That would give you notifications every time a new episode goes live. But, but if you're like... Nah, I just want it to come to my device because you don't have the time. Don't have the time. You're so busy. Yeah, you're so busy. Hey, I know how busy hey, you are. They're busy. Just leave it be. They're busy. You don't know their life. Fired up today, people. You can hit the Apple Podcast button. Yes, you can. It will take you to Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, if you can find an extra two seconds to tap those stars and give us a four or five star review, that would be delightful. That would be amazing. Makes us very happy. It makes very it easier happy. for people to find the show. You could write a review if you have ample time. If you're like, you know what? Tapping stars cannot capture the love that I have for this program. No. I need the world to know. We would appreciate that as well. We would. And you can say something about Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> it comes up like every other episode. It's, it's fine. Talk less about Jessica Fletcher. Talk more about Jessica Fletcher. But when you subscribe via Apple Podcasts or any podcast listening application. Stitcher. Stitcher. Some others. Stitcher's the only one I know. Zaboop. Zaboop? Zaboop? Yep. Is it actually one? No. No, you're making it up. Hey, it could be. Could could be. It is now. It is now. It's just been trademarked. Whatever application you use when you subscribe to this program every week on Tuesday, the notification goes out through a series of pneumatic tubes to your mans, your elves, you Chauncey. If you're new, you don't even know. You don't even know. I don't even know where... The- <laughs> I don't even know where Chauncey originates from. We officially are at the point now where we know we need a lower Wikipedia. Yes. Started. Somebody's going to start cross-referencing. 
all the all the references we made on this show because we are not consistent, y'all. Nope. We pick up bits and drop them all the time. But what we do know is uh, Chauncey, Sir Chauncey Frostelicus the Third, MD. MD. And they had some other ones as well. He's a personal trainer. He's that man does not have a shirt on. <laughs> Ooh, what? If you're new to the program, this show is written and recorded in Toronto's Parkdale neighborhood, which means you get all the extra park dailiness. And today, that extra park dailiness is what appears to be a Tibetan man shirtless on his balcony I directly across from us. I can't see it. Having a cigarette. How can you not see it? It's I a, can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about that Chauncey was a personal trainer. Personal trainer. He's a medical doctor. He's a knight of the people. He's a freer of the fair folk. Yep. He's basically, he's, he's the hero this generation deserves. Yes. And probably needs. Both needs and deserves. Both needs and deserves. And oh, among and sorry, and a staunch environmentalist. <laughs> How could he not be? But amidst all his duties, you'd be amazed he has the time. I know I am, but he still gets out there every Tuesday and delivers piping, hot, fresh episodes of the Geek Down directly from CNJ's Hot Take Emporium to your device. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know how he does it. It's magic. I think he's got a self-help book coming out first quarter. Yeah. 2019. Mm-hmm. He's working hard on it. It's another yep. thing he's been up to. Yeah. Chauncey will change your life. The magical heart of being Chauncey. <laughs> Anyway, uh, if you're like, God damn, this, oh, there he goes. Shirtless man going ah! back in the house. I don't see him. This is, is that Chauncey? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> is Pokeroo or Bam, something? Bam, just in and out. <laughs> in and out. If you are listening to this and you're like, y'all need to shut up. <laughs> there are many ways you could let us know that. There is. We have tons of socials. All uh, the socials. You have to. You we, have to be out there. We've got um, uh, Twitter. So at GeekDownPod on the Twitter. Yep. We've got Instagram. So at Instagram. No, at GeekDownPod on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. I know this. <clears throat> uh, we've got uh, email. You can. Uh, it is uh, GeekDownPod at gmail.com yep. if you want to email us. And uh, the, my favorite way to correspond is Facebook because I'm old. Um and it is www.facebook.com forward slash geekdampod. Um, and you can talk about Star Trek with me on there. You can ask us to shut up. You can ask us to talk more about Chauncey and just ramble on. Uh, you can ask me to do an analysis of Murder, She Wrote and why it's so good. Um, and how we need more shows like Murder, She Wrote in our present day. <laughs> Look forward to Caitlin's uh, spinoff pod. She's going to be starting soon. <laughs> Murder She Wrote spinoff pod. Uh, it's got to be like Murder She Potted or something or something. I don't know. I'll Gr- think of a title. Gross. Um, yes, those are all the ways you can get at us. As well, if you're like, this operation sounds shoddy. Yeah. Y'all could use some help. Is there any way I can help you, Caitlin and Jordan? There is. There is. You can go to patreon.com slash geekdownpod. Go ahead and learn about the ways you can support this project financially. Um, I am astounded that anyone gives us money to do this. Um, so some of them may have forgotten <laughs> that they are. Um, well, thank you to everyone who has and hasn't forgotten and is actually doing it because they like us. We love and appreciate all of our patrons. Still working towards that mixer, having having conversations with my man Pops, who's got a background in audio. He's going to school me to what I actually Ooh. need and do not need. But Pops is also getting married like next week and going on his honeymoon. So he's a little busy. So thanks, Pops. Thanks, Pops, for having a life. Uh, <laughs> you know, getting your family together, whatever. Whatever. Um, what can you get for your $1, $5, 10 or $25 donation to this program? You can get access to the Patreon feed where you get show notes, episode previews. Um, the Geek Down playlist, which is inconsistent. 
hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I already told you I had a mind, like a mini panic attack on the train because I forgot. And I forgot that it was my week. And I even had a plan. You had reminded me, and I was like drawing up music that I was going to have for this playlist. I had reminded her. And then I forgot. And then I got I got sick on the train, and I was like, ugh. We'll see if we can get it up by the time this episode airs, because y'all love your Caitlyn list. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be up. It's gonna, I'm going to have it. It's going to be up. Y'all be loving your Caitlyn list. As well, you can get bonus episodes. One just dropped on Friday. Yes. Continuing Adventures of Gresseth the Surly. Gresseth the Surly. The Red Dragonborn Paladin. Gresseth McGillicuddy. Gresseth McGillicuddy. The Surly. So Surly. That's where you can find those. And uh, yeah, again, thank you to all the patrons who part with your hard-earned money to support us and the things we do. It truly does mean the world to us. It does. How are you, Kate, besides gastrointestinal? We don't need to talk about that. Okay. They don't need to know. Okay. They don't need to know about my tummy. I was bloated last week. <laughs> you have an upset stomach. You're a little under it today. I am. Uh, I have stomach issues. Uh, this is uh, the ongoing saga of me uh, loving dairy and not being able to eat dairy. <laughs> um, people who've been listening to the podcast for a while know that basically for the first half of the podcast, all I talked <laughs> about was cheese <laughs> and how much I love cheese. Um, I can no longer eat cheese nope. it's, or I couldn't eat cheese. I just didn't realize that that's what was making me so sick. But there are a couple things that make me sick besides, besides cheese. Um, but I, I don't really know what they are still. Um, it's probably like fat. I'm probably not, I can't have too much fat or oil. Mm. Um, like if I eat too much guacamole, I get sick. Tragic. I know. Um, so I still have to be careful with what I eat. So I've eaten something and my body's like, no, actually just no. I don't know what it is, what it was. Don't know what it was. Mystery <laughs> culprit is tearing shit up and could, could have been anything but anyway so it just feels like someone sucker punched me in my intestines that's fun yeah oh yeah it's super fun it's great soup's great soup's great um but besides that i'm okay oh no then there's that whole other thing oh the thing you're gonna get into yeah all right well that comes in news that's later how are you what do you what's up how's life what's going on um tyrate tight oh tyrate voice it's coming up oh it's coming he's coming get angry <laughs> I have, have something on my soul this week, y'all. What's on your soul? It's really, listen, and we know Jordan's birthday is rapidly approaching. There's like nine shopping days left. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting you know, friend, letting y'all know, friendly tip. And as established, I'm, I'm rolling the odometer on another decade and aging out of another OkCupid demographic. So, <laughs> <laughs> All them young girls that think 40 sounds good, you know, when they, put it, when they put it in there, they put it in their age range. Boop, gonna pop out of that <laughs> pop out of that one. They're not gonna turn up on the searches anymore. <laughs> but um I feel I'm just really, you know, this week especially, I've just been really leaning into my grandpa-ness, and I think it's time to I think I need to shake my hands at the clouds for a little bit. <gasps> oh um, exciting. Because the kids are bugging me lately. Really? The kids are bugging me a lot. Now, this is always an important thing to note when you're talking about the kids. Hmm. What age range are the kids? Like early 20s. Early 20s. Okay. And the thing is, so it was Royalty Day recently. Okay. What is that? Royalty Day is where your oh, man gets his check. Sorry. I thought you meant like something to do with the royals. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? I've not heard of this. I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> Obviously, that's where her mind would go first. No. Royalties, as in cash money, as in for the book I wrote, 
back in 2014. Yep. Um, still making money. Still giving me a little little guap guap every, every, every six months. Your man's already has Face Records Japan locked and loaded for that uh, Taiko Onuki reissue. Right. Chabam, that might be coming. <laughs> that might be getting, that trigger might be getting pulled the second Caitlin leaves here. Anyway, part of Royalty Day is I get to, you know, see the numbers on the book. Again, update. Yeah. On what it's sold. So now about 9,100 copies. That's really good. This book sold 9,100 copies. That's fantastic. That's a thing I did. Yeah. Also, you know, I make and produce this podcast with you every yeah. week. 88 episodes. 88. If this were miles per hour, we'd be in the future. <laughs> That's also a thing that I do. And maybe this is just a generational thing, or maybe it's just, you know, over humility. But, like, I don't call myself a writer. Which is silly, but whatever. I don't call myself a podcast producer. Yeah. And sometimes I dip out into the, into the shallow end where the children are playing yep. on the internet. And they're out there... Writer, illustrator, artist, director, and y'all ain't done shit. Hey, it's a uh, you ain't done shit. It's it's listen to my mixtape, right? <laughs> it, it really is. Y'all are out there. Listen, the technology has ma- enabled the mediocre to do astounding things with their mediocrity <laughs> just really allows them to promote their mediocrity like never before and listen i see y'all out there y'all are just aping fucking early aughts adult swim promos i know i aped the same aesthetic when i was making videos in 2004 down to the square brackets and the helvetica new bold like <laughs> i know y'all ain't fooling nobody and quit trying to make cowboy bebop samurai shampoo you got samurai shampoo you don't need to put like break beats over you know vhs filtered Cowboy Bebop clips. The kids are pressing me. <laughs> I can tell. You are agitated. But like, this is clearly a generational thing. And maybe this is like, um, even though I'm technically a Zer, I'm not technically a Generation X. I'm like on the border of Generation X and yes. Millennial. That I'm the same. It's uh... But I don't, I've always had a thing with self-labors. Like, you, labelers. You ain't earned it. Like... Maybe that's maybe that's blue collar Windsor. Maybe hey, that's generational. It's, but it's it's the um, it's fake it till you make it. I get y- y'all are and y'all are faking. <laughs> you're faking the funk, and if you fake the funk, your nose will grow. And some of y'all are out here knocking lamps off of tables with your long ass noses. Um, faking the funk. I but it also has to do with like the Instagram generation, right? Everyone is an artist. Everyone is a fashion blogger. You, ain't, you don't have the range. And I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying, like, again, it's the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. I firmly believe this. Believe this. It is my life, it is my life philosophy. But, like, yeah, no, like I'm saying, I don't, I don't need to be like, I'm, I don't even need to put writer, podcast producer. Like, my shit's just out there. You can find it. I don't, I don't need to do that. But the kids need to. Yeah, they need the attention. Shut your mouth. Well, it's, you have to blame society, Jordan. I don't want to blame society. You I want, want to, to blame, blame them. them. Do better, you fucking turds. Like, <laughs> You're such an old man. And I'm loving it. I'm fully embracing it. Um, <laughs> this is the sound of settling. I got to uh, I got to hang out with uh, my... This is about a baby. I'm done. <laughs> no. my. Well, she's kind of a baby. She's 17. Okay. Off at Ryerson. Mm-hmm. Um, and just talking about... Sorry, who is this? Uh... A friend of the family. Okay. Um, and she is talk. She was talking to me about Ryerson and how it's going. This mm-hmm. is her first semester, and just like 
what some of the other kids produce <laughs> and just is very she has a very good eye and she comes her mom and dad are both um artists and art directors and um they've also got very good eyes and so she's inherited that from them and she's a hard worker and just we'll see what some of the other students produce and go really really um or she uh she was trying out for the um, sketch group at Ryerson, yes. uh, the Ryerson Riot. And, you know, you have to put down, like, experience. And she's got, like, lots of experience doing doing that kind of stuff. And the person beside her had, like, I was in, like, writer's craft in grade 12. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, dear. Uh, so, I'm going to be a superstar. Yeah. So there's just this imbalance um, her parents have always told her, you, you need to, if you want to get something, you have to work so much harder um, to to outshine people, to, you know, mm. um, show that you've done this work. And if you really want it, you really have to strive for it. Um, so I think she's set, but I feel like a lot of parents, you know, it's that thing. I used to work at a toy store, right? Every parent would come in and go, you know, my three-year-old is, you know... I. I know all the parents say this, but really they're smarter it's than really, the other three-year-olds. Really advanced. Yeah, really advanced for her age. Every parent, <laughs> except for one, who was like, eh, my kids are normal. I was like, props to you for recognizing your your kids are normal. My kid's just cute and dumb. Yeah. So it's kind of that as well. And you can't. You have to kind of feel bad for those kids because I think they're going to not go anywhere, right? Oh, yeah. Y- y'all are going to be managing at H&M's in four years. <laughs> Poor, poor kids. I feel sorry for you guys, but just look on the bright side. If you listen to this show, we love you, and we hope yeah. to inspire you to do better. Shut your fucking mouths and just do the work. I don't do anything. I have all these friends who are all creative and like writing, and they're doing cool stuff. And this person's got like, um, like a publishing deal, and this one is doing amazing things, writing a TV show, and like, I'm just like, oh, I'm here. Yeah, but I know I can't create anything because I'm not very creative. I mean, I'm creative, but I'm not very, like, hardworking in that creativity. You have to have creativity and hard work. Yes. That is, I don't have the hard work component. Um, Ren, who is an amazing author um, and uh, doing amazing stuff uh, out there in the writing world, she wrote, like, her first novel in, like, junior high. It's like a full novel. And she just worked at it and she just writes all the time and she works at it and works at it and is amazing. And I was like, oh, because it's like, you know, it's Inktober right now. You may you may be yes, aware. That's right. It's Inktober, which is where all the all the artists out there are supposed to do. It's basically like NaNoWriMo for artists. And I'm going to be going in on NaNoWriMo next month. You can look forward to that. <laughs> um, Poor NaNoWriMo. It's just trying to do Nan- something. NaNoWriMo. <laughs> NaNoWriMo. Poor BananaRama. <laughs> BananaRama. The only, Cruel Summer was their only good jam. Um, <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> it's a fucking great song. It's a it's great the song. It's jam. Um, I gotta buy that 45, actually. No, I mean, again, just because you puked out 50,000 words. Cool. Maybe you learned something about discipline and, you know, yeah, routine. I think, I think it's a good thing. You ain't a novelist. No, but I think sometimes... I think, it, see, there's this weird generation change, right? For all, a lot of us in our, like, my generation, the people I know, we don't feel like we're good enough, mm. right? Even if we do something that's really good and people are like, wow, this is really good, our first reaction is, oh, God, it's trash. It's awful. I need to burn it. 
um, which is a problem. And then all of a sudden there's this split and it's these people who are going, I, I did this thing and they should be proud that they've done a thing, but they take it to an extreme of like, I've done this thing. I am now a writer. Where is, where is my and, participation? Yeah. The they, 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 they want and maybe we're wrong because we're not of that generation. So we're kind of old people going, this is what this generation is like. This is just an outside observation, right? But the, the Inktober thing, it's like, I'm just watching them all fall off, right? Like, hot start. October 1st and 2nd. Yeah. Where's 3rd, 4th, 5th? This is like my journaling. Done. It's okay, journal. Done. I'll and listen, write in you. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm clearly not a model for discipline. The only reason this podcast gets done on time every week is because I know there are people out there who <laughs> actually want, actually want to hear it when it comes time to knowing, write a short story, Jordan. Yes, sure. I will sit in. The only reason I'm going to get done my ultimate city pop mix I've been talking about doing forever yeah. is because Kira, bless your heart, has, Kira, this doesn't apply to you. Whatever you're doing, you're doing great, sweetie. Just keep yeah, at it. Just keep at it. You're doing great. Um, we like you. Is she was tweeting that she got into like, 80s Japanese elevator music and I'm like honey I'm about to change your life <laughs> so guess what I'm doing tomorrow but like clearly I'm not the model for discipline here but I also don't like take one little thing I complete and be like look at me follow me on Twitter follow me on Instagram 20,000 followers Woo. Buy flat you can feet. buy followers you can buy followers listen the Geek Down Pod Twitter account has been uh, discovered by prostitutes. So what? Or fake porn accounts? <gasps> really? Yeah, I had, to, nice. I had to block like four this week. Oh, <laughs> you would prefer I kept them? To, no, to I up just the follower. Account? No, I just I thought when you first said prostitutes, I thought they were real prostitutes, and I got really excited. Oh, I'd be making friends if they were real prostitutes. And I think that's I think they're cool. Their lifestyle's awesome. Good job. <laughs> um, but when you said they were fake, I just yeah, it was anyway, a delayed reaction. <laughs> the point is. Children, earn your shit. Don't self-label. If you're actually doing it, you don't need to say it yourself. Other people will say it about you. Oh, snap. It's very loud. 9,100 copies sold. NPR Best Book of 2014. What? Number one on Amazon across three fucking charts. What? I don't need to put that out in your face. Some of y'all been listening to this show for 88 episodes. You didn't even know I had a fucking book. That's true. Well. Buy it on Amazon. That was that was the best way to end your anger. Was just be like, also buy my book on also, Amazon. Buy my shit. Hey, you hate me? Buy it because hate buy it. Hate buy, buy it. Buy it so you can tell me I ain't shit. Go ahead. Buy it so you can burn it. Yep. Yep. Buy it so you can read it and come at me and tell me I ain't shit. I ain't gonna ain't gonna matter to me. I'll just be counting down the days till the April royalty day, being like, <laughs> what kind of record am I gonna buy with your money? <laughs> but hey, Kate, what's happening in news today? Uh, Oh, you know, sexism. Actually, you, you, you have shitty news. Do you want me to start with the weird news and then we can deep dive into shittiness? I already brought the up the sexism. Or? Okay. People are like, what's sexism, Caitlin? Oh, I think they know. Well, they might not because some people, sexism, as we found out. Sexism is having a great week this week. Well, as we, as someone told us, the only news they get is from this show. So <laughs> I guess I got to go into it. If you didn't know. Yes. Great week for sexism. Sexism no, really here, went in the week. This is what I've had to explain to someone. Mm-hmm. Someone was like, oh, they were like, things seem to be getting worse. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Things are getting better because things are getting exposed. No, yeah, Women just talk more. And they're just not taking shit as much anymore. And they're just being like pointing at things and being like, see this shit more. Um, so we've got all the sexual, sexual harassment. So Harvey Weinstein, um, that's not really a surprise. I mean, I guess 
it's a surprise that to some people that it's gone on for uh, at least a decade, probably a, a more. A studio head lorded his power over aspiring Hollywood that, starlets and writers. and That's like at least the plot of like 18 films that I can think of. And all pornography. Um, yeah, that's true, actually. Um, I've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I just had to put that in there. Um, there has been... so, the, And then the bank behind the Fearless Girl statue in New York who's facing off against the bull, um, yeah. they were charged with um, systematically discriminating against women and oh, uh, minorities. I didn't, I didn't even hear that one. Um, there is Brie Larson talking about how she was in a security line check check through and she like smiled at a guard and then he asked for her number and she's like, that's not appropriate. And then everyone came, all the guys came at her being like, well, when are we supposed to be allowed to talk to women? She's like, not when you're in a position of power and you're at your job. Like, and then had said, you know, this is why no one believes women and they immediately run to the, onto the defensive. Um, so thanks to Brie Larson for pointing that out. Um, the screen junkies, yeah, I saw that one. uh, screen junkies, um, Brett, Brett Bart and, uh, I think Milo as well. They just, a whole bunch of emails exposing how huge Buzzfeed story. Yeah. yeah huge Buzzfeed stories exposing how gross they are. Not really surprising. Again, I think I'm just embittered to like sexual harassment. Um, and sexism because I'm every time I hear something I'm like eh, I'm not really surprised I mean I'm glad it's being exposed for sure but I'm def- I'm just not surprised um, and I'm sure there's other stuff oh yeah there's something you're going to mention Marvel just remember when like Prince died and everybody thought 2016 was the worst yeah and I was all like 2017 is going to be great guys she's always looking on the bright side yeah my dreams have been crushed that's why you fucking kids think you're awesome. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. You don't pay attention. And then also they've they've tr- they're trying or they have rolled back the Obamacare provision for like uh uh employers not being able to Oh, discrimin- you have in that baby. Uh yeah. Uh they're <laughs> now they get to discriminate on uh, whether women get uh, birth control pills or not, even if you need it for like medical reasons, they can just be like, yeah, I don't really feel you having birth control pills, so we're not going to cover you it. You are having that baby. Um, well, on a lighter note, but no less stupid, part of it makes sense and part of it is just, uh, so it's New York Comic Con this weekend Yep, as we speak, and this is one of the, I don't know, it falls at a weird time of the year, but it does. it's kind of the last hurrah of conventions. For, you know, nerdy stuff. It's the last one that any sort of news will break out. Um, I know DC has been teasing a lot of their, like their Batman metal project mm-hmm. and their, their Watchmen Justice League crossover type of thing. Hoopity do all that type of stuff. Uh, Marvel, not having that great a time. No. no. Um, on the one hand, Marvel and Netflix uh, made the probably right call to cancel all of their Punisher related panels yep. and events mm-hmm. in light of the massacre in Las Vegas. Probably rightly so. Probably not the uh, proper climate to spend some time with Frank Castle as he bust shots all over crime families from here to Idaho. Yep. So that's the one that kind of makes sense. The weird one. Very weird. The one I can't wrap my head around. Uh, Marvel teased on their Twitter account that they were going to announce some sort of crossover tie-in. I don't know what. With a company called Northrop Grumman. Yep. Northrop Grumman is a defense contractor. Yep. Like, they make stuff 
for the military. Yep. I.e. weapons, i.e. Tony Stark before he became Iron Man. Yep. Um, and they were apparently going to put out some comic where, like, the Avengers team up with these, like, quote-unquote heroes who are, like, using real tech from Northrop Grumman to, like... <laughs> They were called like the end something generation and the engine start your engine type of thing. Woo! Plays on Woo. words. Um, we all like to play on words. People, rightly so, were kind of like, okay, so we're basically recruiting children into the military industrial complex with this. Woo! And uh, buy a comic, get a free gun. <laughs> you don't get a gun, Caitlin. You get like a repulsor thing that can like. I don't know, liquefy somebody's insides from 50 feet away. It's a repulsor gun. Um, so this was not a good look for Marvel. They basically got savaged no. all over the place. Like, what are you doing? I, and like, I, these are our fucking funny books. Like, we don't like... I didn't even think that that was what you were going to talk about. Oh, you have another one? Yeah. The- well, we'll get to that in a minute. Let me just finish up this one. So Marvel canceled all of it. They canceled whatever panel or announcement they were going to do. Yeah. And uh, have outright canceled the tie-in. Good. The whole project is dead. I don't want to linger too hard thinking about how the um, the current publisher of Marvel Comics, last I heard, was a noted conservative. Uh Maybe not as far as being a Trump supporter, but definitely like a Republican conservative type. Now suddenly defense contractors are showing up in the Avengers. Marvel statement was as follows. Uh, The activation with Northrop Grumman at New York Comic Con was meant to focus on aerospace technology and exploration in a positive way. However, as the spirit of that intent has not come across, we will not be proceeding with this partnership, including this weekend's event programming. Marvel and Northrop Grumman continue to be committed to elevating and introducing STEM to a broad audience. Okay. Some Jay-Z shrug. Okay. <laughs> just you gotta like you gotta be careful how you market things. You gotta be like look at the big picture. <laughs> Military defense contractor. Like, yeah. that most people have never heard of, and that was me. I was like, what the fuck is a Northrop Grumman? Like, <laughs> Some kind of disease. Is this like the nerdiest writer in the world about to start <laughs> writing Deadpool? Like who is who is this dude? It's like, oh no, they make military weapons and sell them for like and have made like sixty billion dollars selling shit to the American military. Okay, yeah, no, that's, that doesn't belong in my funny books. Um, what I was going to talk about was at the Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, um, they had the panel where they it was like small... Oh my god, no, I saw the retailer one. Right, <laughs> the fuck, retailer I did one. see that one. It's a small, smaller retailer, some guy got up and was like, you know... This Ew, why is Captain America black? Well, before that, though... You made Iceman a homo! Before that, it was like, we have a problem with the way we have to, like, buy Marvel's books. And a lot of people were, like, cheering. They're like, yeah, it sucks. They've got to redo this model. As, as has come up on the show before, Marvel's periodical sales yes. are going down the toilet. Like, yeah. It's not good for them right now on the publishing side of things. And a lot of this has to do with... A, they're constant events and tied into that and something that's been really frustrating for retailers, which is a thing we've talked about before, which was that story months ago where, like, somebody from Marvel said something kind of, it was taken half out of context, but half not, where they were like, oh, we're finding diversity doesn't sell. Or, like, that's what we're hearing from the retailers. Yes. But a legitimate beef the retailers have is this practice where, like, variant covers, the shit that, like, pushed me out of the industry in the first place. Um, So the new ones now are lenticular 
Yes. Which means those like magic motion ones. And you fucking angle it and you get a new picture type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, Great. Like the little postcards you got in Cracker Jack boxes, you know, 60 years ago. But now put them on the front of a comic and sell it for $8 an issue. Um, I don't I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Did a kid come up with this idea? Um, <laughs> Callback. Part of this as well is as a retailer, you don't even get the right to buy the variants, which do sell. Yes. Unless you buy like. 25 of the regular one which is so if you buy like 25 of the regular one and they're not returnable so you're fucking stuck with them yes this is the dirty shit that kind of this is the nickel and diamond dirty shit that's kind of been going on in what is known as the direct market which is comic stores um for a while now and this is a legitimate beef and this is what was starting to be voiced at this retailer summit and then it took some weird turn homeboy was like feeling the energy from the crowd they liked what he was saying about that and he was like i'm just gonna get it all off my chest and he's like and then also it's not selling because you've got chicks and homos and people of color we don't want those people we don't want those people on our comic books and it was just like what? Like to the point where they just ended the panel. Yeah, like, like people were like booing and their people were getting into fights like in the audience. And then they were just like, I think the main guy was like, here, I'll give my number to anyone who or my email to anyone who needs it. Done. And like everyone left. It was, I just. Oh, oh. my God. The PTA has disbanded. <laughs> yeah. Marvel not having a good New York Comic Con. <laughs> Oh, no. And this is supposed to be, be their, like, home turf one, like, right? Yes. Like, this is, this, is, this is New York. This is this is where Marvel's based out of. Like, yeah. this is this shit. And they're just getting, they're taking it from every gross metaphor. They can, <laughs> taking it from every gross metaphor they can. <laughs> Insert gross metaphor. Um, yeah, I was just. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we had to say it. Fucking hashtag do better nerds. Like, do better like, nerds. Really? And, and. The report I read, you know, took notes to describe this gentleman, mm-hmm. and he really just sounded like no shots, George, but like sounded like he looked like George R. R. Martin, just like you know, suspenders <laughs> and t-shirt with a big white beard, like. Right. I got kids coming in looking for Iceman and he's kissing boys. <laughs> How am I supposed to explain that? And I'm spitting as as I say <laughs> this, probably like this gentleman was. Gentleman, I'm being generous. How am I supposed to tell these kids that Iceman's kissing boys like a damn queer? <laughs> Two better nerds. Like, uh, you got up in public and you said that <laughs> at a convention. Oh. It just me. I was what, like, what were you hoping to accomplish? Was, was my, the guy going to be like, you know what? You're right. Iceman <laughs> is a queer. We should, we should have him kissing Jean Grey immediately. Thank you, sir. Thank you. My heart just hurts. It just hurts for the world. Wow, this is a real down episode. God, do we have anything? We do. Do we have anything up to end on? I do have up things. Ooh. I've got trailers. Oh my God, we've got updates. We got I've got trailers. I've got updates. Stuff, the whole point stuff we've been watching that up, we enjoy. Updates is to up things. <laughs> I have decided. <laughs> I think she actually just licked her finger and like, like, she, like she nailed that one. Yep. Uh, what trailers are out? I don't okay, know if I watched trailers. them or not. Runaways. I didn't watch it. Um, so Runaways is coming to uh, Hulu. It is um, basically Riverdale superheroes. Yes. (laughs) I'm just going to put that out there. That's the vibe I'm getting. Um, Maybe a little bit too much CW, but we'll see. We'll see when it comes out. Um, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. There's been an actual trailer for Amazon. What is that? What? 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Is this an anthology? or is it, it is an anthology okay. of the Philip amazing Philip K. Dick stories. I need to. Brush up on your Philip K. Dick? Or read any. She's about to throw me out the window. I'm like, I've never read a word. And so, yeah, she just dropped her. I know. What? I know. What is wrong with you? And so many, like, people that I, like, respect. I've read essays by Jonathan Lethem about Philip K. Dick. <laughs> describing oh plots of his novel. Describing the plot of Ubik. And I'm like, that sounds really good. I should read that. <laughs> just, she's actually squishing. <laughs> she's actually squishing her face into a black hole right now. She can't believe I've never read Philip K. Dick. Um... Flames, flames, <laughs> the side of my face. Hated him so much. <laughs> Anyways, so that's coming out, and you were definitely getting some Philip K. Dick. <laughs> Anthology of Philip K. Dick short stories. Um, and then there was a trailer for How to Talk to Girls at Parties. Ooh, Ooh. I have read that. That makes me happy. Um, it is uh, and the Neil Gaiman short story that they've turned into a movie. They're stretching this into a whole movie? Yeah. Mm. So it didn't get great reviews at Cannes, but the trailer looks fun. Um, and... Yeah, it is a great short story. I'm sure somewhere I can find a full text just sitting on the internet. I will post oh, yeah. it on the uh, on the show notes for this. Yeah. Owe it to yourself to read it. It's very good. Um, and that movie doesn't have a release in North America, I don't think. But yeah. I'm sure you're going to be able to find it places. Places. Speaking of gaming, that's an up that's an up note. Uh, John Hamm joining Good Omens. Yes, I that saw that. That makes me happy. Now with. We never talked about it on the show. I just sent it to you, and you got really excited. Oh, uh, Neil Gaiman yeah. leaked the first photo of David Tennant, and who's the other dude? Michael uh, Sheen? Michael Sheen. As uh, Crowley and Azira Fale, the yep. two protagonists of Good Omens, which was Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett's novel they wrote together. It was Neil Gaiman's first novel. I read it when I was very young. I should probably reread it. I remember enjoying it, but I was super young when I read it. I'm sure jokes were just flying by my face. Yeah, and it's a, such a, it's such a British story. Which is interesting, because you don't like British stories. I don't, but I like Neil Gaiman. Um, yeah, and it's basically the world is going to end. It has been prophesied it will end. Uh, Crowley and Azarafel, an angel, a demon, and an angel, respectively, uh, both kind of like the Earth. Yeah. They like hanging out there, and they don't yeah. want to see it end. No. Um, and John Hamm will be playing the angel Gabriel, who is an antagonist in the show. Is he the antagonist in the book? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. Maybe I have to reread it, too. We'll both reread Good Omens and get yeah. back to y'all. But, yeah, that's that's dope. And Game is actually showrunning that, which is odd for him. Yes. Um, but he's trying to, you know, stretch his horizons. That he is. And he probably feels, especially after Pratchett's death, feels, like, really protective of probably, this. Probably, yeah. It's like, I'm not, yeah. He's like... Well, we talked about Pratchett just being like, here are my books. Set them all on fire. <laughs> Here's a half-finished novel. Destroy it. Destroy it. Um, so, you know, he probably... Name, Gaiman doesn't want to fuck it up. <laughs> you want to talk about Do Better Nerds? Sorry, sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen Neil Gaiman a couple times. Right. Three or four times, maybe. Um, and one time, the first one, maybe he wasn't doing a signing. Or right. was he doing a signing at this one? He, he does might a lot been. of talks. He did. This was a talk. I think this, this was for the Illuminato Festival, which is a weird kind of artsy-fartsy festival that happens in Toronto. And they yeah. brought Neil Gaiman in. And, like, at the last second, my then-girlfriend and I got, like, tickets in, like, the top corner. Ooh. <laughs> like, the last possible row. Um, no and then we had to wait, like, two and a half hours to, like, you know, do the, do the line to get the shit signed. Yeah. And both times... I saw him again on the um, Ocean at the End of the Lane tour. Maybe? Okay, yeah. His last tour mm-hmm. that he did. Both times, because he's a machine, right? He's just like signing, talk, signing, yep. talk, signing, talk. Both times I said things to him that made him stop, look at me, and shake my hand. Oh, that's very nice. I think we're best friends now. 
You think so? I think we've been best friends oh, for a probably. while. probably. Um, he doesn't even know it. Poor guy. <laughs> he does not. He is totally... He probably feels really... Totally forgotten me. If he, if he remembers, he'll be, feel terrible. Be like, oh yeah, you're the only guy at my events who dresses like a Wu-Tang weed carrier. Like, <laughs> um... But he was he did the Q and A yeah at the Luminato talk where he just did a couple of readings. Um, he did read Blueberry Girl, which was fun. It was yeah, at that time it was my then lady and I's one of our favorite things he's done. Um, but someone in the audience asked him how he felt when Terry Pratchett died, <gasps> and Gaiman is the <laughs> is the king of like he knows his audience and he's not above low key shading them. Yeah, like he's up there and his Neil Gaiman voice. He's just like, well, I didn't feel good <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like shrugged like what the fuck do you want me to tell you bro like uh, a mentor and friend died yeah of tragic causes before his time yeah this was great <laughs> and then he did tell the story about like you know when he found out and how it affected him and yeah. what pratchett meant to him but like how did you feel how did you feel when terry pratchett died not good <laughs> bad <laughs> <I> just <laughs> Nerds, <laughs> before you talk, just think. Think about each word before it comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Uh, any more trailers? Uh, not that I can think of at this time. All right. You want the hot rapid fire Jordan's Fall anime? Sure. And then after that, I've got updates. This is well. I'm leading into updates. So these you, are my updates. So so I'll either do updates now or I can do updates after you do your updates. I have a thing about it. You go first. You have a thing about it. I have a thing about my updates. You go first. <laughs> Quit. At I'm me. not. Pa- I just. I am trying. Fine. Fine. No more pawing. I think my pawing's delightful. It is delightful. Please pot me. Okay. There we go. I, I don't have cats anymore, so I need Caitlin to pot <laughs> me. Um. So rapid fire. Deuce still amazing. Okay, that's interesting that it stayed amazing. Has there been a plot? Kind of. Franco has. So basically, Franco gets associated with these gangsters who were holding other Franco's sorry, James Franco playing twins, y'all. Um, <laughs> Franco one, Franco two. Alpha Franco. <laughs> Franco one, lead Franco gets him associated, gets acquainted with these gangsters who were holding beta Franco's debt. Right. Be- beta Franco is a, um, compulsive gambler. So that's kind of the alpha plot is his involvement with them. And as they are trying to use him to get their fingers and more things, they start kind of like a payroll scam on a construction site. Right. Um, you know, we just give you cash for your check and we take a cut so you can have your money now instead of having to wait, you know, three days or whatever from the bank. Right. That sort of thing. And as well, they set him up in a former, they buy, as I say, it's called the deuce. It's about Times Square in the seventies when it was really trashy and terrible. They buy a property kind of in that area that had a, a gay bar in it and basically just kind of give it to, uh, Vince. Right. And Vince and Frankie, that's their names. Vince is Alpha Franco. Give it to Vince and being like, you know, you seem to have a good, you seem to have a talent for this sort of thing. You know, go ahead. Have a bar. Like, right. try it out. We think it could be profitable. We take this, you take the rest, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's really kind of like a catch all place for pimps and hookers and drag queens and gay dudes and. Uh, black militants and just kind of like everybody. Right. And again, David Simon writing. The last episode was the one that was, I think I mentioned initially that um, there were some lady mystery writers, crime writers that were getting in on some of the screenwriting. So yeah. I think this one was written by Lisa Lutz. And 
that's so the a plot is about franco getting kind of involved in the mob um the b plot is about gyllenhaal the pimpless prostitute trying to realizing that it might be there might be more money in movies right um and trying to get into that and maybe making her own as well but she's still tricking uh on as her primary source of income and still ton of peen great (laughs) all the peen she ends up picking up a john who is a uh, a larger gentleman long story short while she's blowing him the die the guy has a heart attack and dies great <laughs> and then she's in like the diner they all hang out at yeah at the end of the episode and like method man who plays a pimp and this other guy are like basically talking about like how good her sucking skills must be <laughs> she fucking killed the guy <laughs> and, it, and she's just like fuck me and it ends with everybody in the bar just giving her a standing ovation. <laughs> She's like, fuck, fuck all of you. <laughs> she walks out. And I'm like, this show, god damn it. Um, so that was the dude. So that's my one. Oh, and the good place is still dope. Good. You already know that. It's a good place. Yeah. If you follow the show on Twitter, I've been given hot take, you know, 140 character thoughts. On animes? On the animes I've been checking. Um, I've seen only three or four of the current season because it's a big one as we have been over. Oh, the first episode of Ancient Mega Sprague launched today get to that later great but uh the few i checked out so the first one was urahara 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 notable it is a notable for a few reasons one staff primarily women cool rarely happens secondly a co-production of crunchyroll and a chinese streaming service called billy billy cool both pooled all their money and said make some anime y'all nice and it's that thing where, like, I'm happy it exists. Mm-hmm. It ain't for me for the long haul. Okay. It's it's like a magicalist girl show, but it's, like, set in Harajuku, and <laughs> that was the thing I kept thinking. So the aliens are, like, uh, they're called scoopers, I think. This is all explained by a talking tempura shrimp. Amazing. A giant talking tempura shrimp. I may shrimp. have to get this show. <laughs> and actually, the next episode takes are done by somebody holding a tempura shrimp and they have drawn like IRL like yeah. live action and they've drawn the dudes because it's basically just like two dots and a mouth yeah that they've drawn on the shrimp <laughs> talking say. about the next episode he's explaining the scoopers and how basically they don't have a culture of their own they just go around from planets to planets scooping up culture other people's cultures and yeah. I'm like oh so they're fighting white people <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's m- true magical girls fighting white people um, the three heroines are like you know all like creative types but it has a lot to do with fashion it's based around a real store in Harajuku that basically makes clothes and art out of fan art, basically. Huh. Um, called Park R2. I don't know. But again, happy it exists. Yeah. Happy, some, happy the ladies made some anime. Um, looks interesting enough. I don't know that I will stick with it. Um, Osumatsu-san, season two. Osumatsu-san, I don't know if I ever brought it up on the show, but it was so. the... Um, it's like a absurd comedy based on a manga from the 60s right about oh, these sex tuplets i think you did bring it up briefly about these sex tuplets it's very satirical you can't even like the first episode has been like burned because there are no parody <laughs> laws in japan so right. like all the like copyright infringement that was in this <laughs> was in that episode nice you gotta like pirate it now it's been like scrubbed from memory i don't know if i'll stick with it week to week but if you've never seen it you should definitely check it out it is batshit fucking crazy it um, was like things that are nuts <laughs> It's based the plot of the pilot of the season of the hmm, the plot of the season two premiere is basically 
you're seeing them in the 60s when they're like 10 years old right and it's all like gray and poorly animated and like even like the aspect ratio like the screen shrinks yep um they're talking about like i wonder how we'll be when we grow up type of thing and it's like oh this tv shows the future mm-hmm. and they're all like they become successful because the show was really popular with the fajoshi crowd okay which is the self-described you know trash lemon lady anime okay fans a lot of incest porn <laughs> oh it's, it's wow ship them brothers <laughs> That is, okay. Ship our favorite brothers together. That's really weird. Um, and so it's like, oh, the show's actually, it's actually been popular. They're mad successful. And they're all just fat, <laughs> trash bags, like terrible people. Um, <laughs> doing hand, They're doing a handshake event like idols. Yeah. And they're barely paying attention. And one guy is like literally flipping up girl skirts. And it's like 200 yen per whatever. Wow. Um, and then it's like, oh my God, no, we have to work hard to be proper we have to be proper. And then you see like one of them and he's got like, you know, the family and the nice car. It's very much done like a slice of life anime. And yeah. then it's all of them meeting. It's like, we haven't seen each other in so long. And like one guy goes and then one shows up and he's straight sci-fi. He turns into a robot. He's like, Oh, you went sci-fi you did it properly. <laughs> and then the next one shows up with like the original plot of the like Showa era manga was just like these six twins were in love with the same girl. So the girl and another one of the twins shows up, but they're children and they body switched. And it's like, you did body switching. You did it properly. And it gets to the point where one of them is in CG and one of them is live action. It's just a dude with an actual like Osamatsu-san head on. It's absurd. Like, and I don't know if I can, if I want to stay with it week to week, but definitely it's a, it's a good dip in, dip in and out type of thing. Um, and the only other thing I think I had time for Kate, what food wars. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, uh, food wars is food wars food wars is food wars <laughs> you're in or you're out uh one critique though so leading in this season is going to be you know the elite 10 who have been mentioned before you may recall the elite 10 yes N- naked apron dude is a member of the elite 10 yes man he's naked a lot <laughs> yeah he is in, this. <laughs> in the in the other thing i'm going to talk about related to food wars but so the elite 10 is going to be the um maybe not antagonist, but like the main sort of thing leading into a moon festival, like a type of school festival type of thing where they have to make a booth and they have to be profitable and it's super busy. And of course, Soma runs his mouth and now he's in something he's in above his head. Yeah. He's like, so if I sell more than this guy on the elite 10, then I can have a Shokugeki with him. But they apparently do like, you know, can you crank out 5,000 dishes a day? (laughs) He's like, Oh word. No, I can't. (laughs) Um, Also, Arina, the tongue of God seems to have a, Seems to be back in a more prominent role okay. uh, this season, which I like. But the Elite Ten are introduced on one of those, as the Ancient Magus Bride was like those OVAs were like bonuses with the manga. Yeah. There were like two f- Food Wars OVAs that were done. In between? In between. Yeah. That like introduced the Elite Ten. Like if you start season three, he's met all these people already and they have like a five minute flashback and it's like, when the fuck did this happen? So Happens in this like missed, OVA. You that, missed some OVAs. That have not been released or licensed. Ah. Uh. You're going to have to sail the high seas to see them. That doesn't make sense. No. People. Um, and there was a, you know, so meeting the Elite Ten was one OVA and, you know, the mandatory hot spring trip was the second OVA. Oh, of course. And Ishiki, Ishiki Senpai, <laughs> who really just, you know, wants to feel the fraternity of his fellow dorm mates, yeah. you know, have them all bond together, swinging his hips a lot. And they do, they do a shot basically of his ass, like swinging. <laughs> it's the boob effect, but with his ass cheeks. So, right. I mean, listen, the boobs happen way more. It's food wars, right? It needs um, to be more penis and more ass. 
got shit happening. He gets his business out there. Listen, it's you're either in or you're out. If you can hang with it, Food Wars is more of the same. I can hang with it, maybe less so than I could before. It's been a while since I've had it. We have we are slowly Bam. changing. Bam in my does. face like that. Um, but it's a. Uh, you know, lear- learned a lot about Chinese cooking and the sh- difference between Szechuan, Sichuan, and please, someone just cut out the gross bits and let me learn about cool cooking things, please. And Megumi's being taken really seriously now oh. as a as a like chef. Ooh, um, her fish slicing up skills. She did very well in the autumn elections and mm. passed her passed her stagiary, which was basically like your internship where you just went and worked for free at a restaurant. Cool. Cool to have it back, yeah. And apparently, Kino's Journey just dropped, which is another one I'd heard good things about. And Ancient Magus Bag just dropped. Yeah, try and get to those tonight after we record. So, Blood Block, Blood. You were excited that it was called Blood Blockade Battlefront. It's yeah. actually called Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond because it's the <gasps> second season. I don't know when that's dropping, but I'm getting mad excited for that too. Because alliterations are crazy. There is too much anime this season. Hashtag good problems. <laughs> What are your updates? You have a thing. So I have a thing. So I we finished watching the first season of Good Place and are raring to go mm. for the second one because mm-hmm. it got really, really good mm-hmm. and cheaty. cheaty. Oh, cheaty. Oh, cheaty. Oh, um, The second thing, a controversial topic. Uh, oh, okay. The Orville is a better Star Trek than Discovery. The Orville? The Orville is oh, the Oh, my Seth- God. The Seth MacFarlane show? Yeah. Mm. It is a better... Star Trek than the Discovery is. Discovery is right at this moment. Friends, I'm just going to turn my mic off because these takes are too hot, and I'm getting a little. So, get some oven mitts, friends. These takes are these takes, these takes are flaming. Third episode dropped of Discovery, and I'm not. I was not feeling it. Um, there were some things I didn't like. Characters I didn't like. Um, the captain is like too mustache twirlingly evil. And I was like, uh, I, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm still totally going to watch it, give it a chance. I'm interested in where it goes. I'm in- interested in what it talks about. But I, it doesn't have the, the hopefulness of Star Trek. And Kayam has brought this up a couple times about how maybe it needs to be different because we live in different times. And um, that's a possibility. And maybe it will turn into hopefulness in some way or maybe they will make important leaps and bounds in the show but as it stands right now not super happy with the show however main character so she has to go to like quote unquote like she she's in prison right because she did horrible things um and they did something really cool, which is um, in the first two episodes, she's got like a weave-in or she's... Um, uh, extensions. Extensions or um, the character has um, put in... Uh, what's it? Decurler? Relaxer. Uh, relaxer. Um, in Now that she is not able to obviously do that or pay as much attention, they've let her hair grow in naturally. Mm-hmm. She looks really good. Uh, she's great natural hair. And I've seen her with natural hair, and I was like, oh, it's too bad that they made her have, like, a weave or relax her hair. But it was a character thing, mm. and I think it's really cool that they've let it grow out. Um, and there are some characters that I did like. Um, but anyways, so feel weird about it. Started watching the Orville, and I didn't want to watch it at first because I thought it was going to be really stupid and gross and family guy, and it is not. 
they've made it. There are a couple things that are like stupid jokes. They've made it like a workplace comedy combined with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But the Star Trek part of it is amazing. They deal with um, like social issues. They deal with cool science. That diplomacy Caitlin loves. They they deal with diplomacy. Um, they deal with um, really important like mor- moral issues. And so far, it's been great. Now, I've only watched three episodes of um, Voy- uh, or of Discovery have come out. Only three episodes. Orville, I think five episodes have come out, but I've only watched four. And they've been really good. They've got the carpet. They've got the, the, the music, the intro. Everything is more Star Trek than Discovery. <laughs> so if you haven't seen um, the Orville, please... Watch it and let me know what you think, especially those who've seen Discovery. Do a comparison. Let me know if I'm crazy, but it is a better Star Trek right now than Discovery is. Well, I do have a proud policy of avoiding Seth MacFarlane projects, but given your strong endorsement, perhaps I will. It's really good. I don't even particularly like Seth MacFarlane, but it's actually really good. From the man who brought you, we saw your boobs. Yeah. Yeah, there are some problems with <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. Lots and lots of problems. But that's just the world we live in right now. Yep. Woo! So that's it. There we go. All right. Well, if you're still, if your device hasn't melted from those hot takes, courtesy of Caitlin McKinnon. Super hot takes. <laughs> we'll be back in one moment to talk about the things we brought each other. Hey, more space, y'all. Who wants to go to space? I want to go to space. We're going to go to space when we come back from this break. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where Caitlin and I talk about the things we brought each other. You know that. You've been here. But before we get into that, you also know we have rules. We do. And I would just like to say for the new people, not everyone's been here. We've got to make them feel welcome. Make them feel like it's all brand new. Hey, new people. Hi. Happy you're here. If you're still here after the ranting and raving and... Star Trek. Sexism and Star Trek of the (laughs) the first half of the show. Thanks for staying. Thanks. This is the part where, like Jordan said, we talk about the things that brought each other. We have rules. First one being the rule of three. The rule of three. If it runs in any sort of installments, parts, episodes. Epicycles. You have to give, you have to consume three of them to give the thing a chance to be the thing it's going to be. It's true. Pilots often suck. They do. It's not fair to judge things by a pilot. And sometimes things go slow at the beginning. You got to give it a chance to kind of amp up, find its footing, see where it's going to go. It's only fair. It's only fair. Um, The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. So Jordan and I will not talk about the things we brought each other, even though we really, 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 really want to. We have no idea what the other person thought of the thing we brought. Nope. Because you also deserve piping hot fresh takes maybe not as hot as the one you got on the front half of the show but hot enough but hot enough and you know what it's the only way to to have takes because it cold takes just don't taste the same that's not even a thing cold takes cold takes i don't know we've done some things that are pretty cold <laughs> if you're dripping off cold takes no. you need to rethink your life choices it's true are you making derivative adult swim-esque videos on youtube not personally probably 
That's why your takes are so fucking cold. Oh, oh, if you're cold, if you that's a cold take. That's a cold take. If you're remixing heavy air quotes, old Calway Bebop tapes with lame broken beat hip hop on it. That's the coldest take you can possibly have. Coldest take. If you're using white Helvetica on a black background with square brackets. Ooh. The coldest take. Ooh. Ouch. Which is not what we bring you hot takes only since 2016. Um, The third rule is not really a rule. It's more of a policy, which is um, there will be spoilers. You don't want to be here if you have an aversion to spoilers. Yeah, we're just going to talk about the whole thing. We're going to dissect stuff because it's space. One thing, kind of spoilery, although it seems large. Mm -hmm. So there's not, I'm sure in the grand scheme of things, it's not spoiling much. Yeah. Um, The other thing is a movie Caitlin watched the whole thing of. It was from the 80s. And uh, not really spoilable per se, although there is a moment that we will talk about in depth that maybe you want to know about, maybe you don't. But either way, if you have an aversion to spoilers, we get into some shit around here. We do. Really in depth. So go watch some Murder, She Wrote and drink some tea and tell me how much you also love Jessica Fletcher. Go consider how to make better art. Oh, yeah. That's uh, good reflections on both counts. Do that too. Yeah. (laughs) Really reflective. Yeah. It got really sunny in here. (laughs) Jeebus likes where we're going with this episode. (laughs) Yeah. It's like let's shine a little extra light on the geek down. He's approved. Um, Or she's approved. We don't know. Um, get contemplative, like one of the things we're going to talk about, but not the thing we're going to talk about first because we like to alternate. So we're going to start with the thing that Kate brought me. Yeah, my notes are on my phone and my phone is over there. No, no, okay, I'm back. All right, okay. So I brought Jordan the Expanse, which I really, really enjoyed, and third season will be coming at some point. But at the moment, there are two seasons. Um, the Expanse is an American sci-fi television series uh, that aired on Sci-Fi. Um, it was uh, created by Mark Fergus and Hawk Otsby, who some people may know from uh, they did Children of Men and they did uh, Iron Man and some other stuff that didn't wasn't very good, like Cowboys and Aliens. But that's fine; we'll forgive them for that. Um, so that's where the money came from. That's where the money came from. Um, it is based on the series of novels by Daniel Abraham and Ty. I think it's Frank. 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 Franks. Um, and I'm basically going to uh, read the wiki. Um, Sorry. But if you if you want to read the novels, don't look for those names. No, oh, well, no, it is. It's ta- it's Daniel Abraham. And then, oh, yeah. Sorry. It's James S.A. Corey. That is the is name. His pseudonym for the second guy. The books are published under the name James S.A. Corey. Yeah. And I'm just going to read the, the Wikipedia because they do a really good job of being precise and I have a tendency to rattle on and not know what I'm talking about. Do it. It is set in the future where humanity has colonized the solar system. It follows United Nations executive uh, Christian Avasarala, um, police detective jo- Josephus Miller, goes by Joe, uh, and ship's officer Jim Holden um, and his crew as they unravel a space conspiracy that threatens peace in the system and the survival of humanity. It also deals with the fractious relationship between Earth, Mars, and the Outer Planets Alliance, known as the OPA. The OPA is an organization that fights for the interests of inhabitants of the asteroid belt, unrecognized as a a government body. The OPA is often accused of outlaw tactics. Um, It doesn't really star anyone you know. Um, Thomas Jane. Really? He was the Punisher. I feel like enough people know who Thomas Jane is. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, yeah, okay. So, 
I just shots. I, just, I didn't know him. I was like, just I've a never straight seen Mariah this. Carey meme. Like, I don't know her. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know him. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, so um, the members of the crew, which I think is one of the most interesting parts of the series, um, there is. Uh, Alex Kamal, Naomi Nagata, Amos Burton. So these are the characters. These are the characters. The um, then, yeah. And they, they're pretty, like, it's a pretty interesting bunch. Um, they say that the, the, like, captain or the, he's the main guy. But really, it's nah. it's not, that's not really true. Uh, it's all about the, the crew in that section of the story. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, as far as space stuff goes, I really liked this one. It is a little bit slow to start, I've got to say. But once it gears up, it's unbelievably fantastic. Um, and Jordan, what would you think? So I went into this with a healthy skepticism. Okay. Because. Because. Not any fault of the show or the property or anything, but uh, more the fault of people I know. Oh, no. People you know. Oh, no. People we, we know. He's, he's come up on the program before, maybe not by name, but yeah. mentioned that Kate and I both work slash worked with a gentleman at Major Canadian Retailer. Yeah. Who, uh, for me anyway, kind of serves as a cautionary tale. Oh no! He's like the uh, he's like the you took it too far. If you ever feel yourself approaching or doing something that this fellow might do, you done took it too far. Oh. Similarly to how to like that you, that documentary about Idol fans. Yeah, was like my gut check for perfume fandom. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever feel like I'm getting to that, I done took it too far. Right. Just general nerdery. If I ever feel like I'm approaching a level of this coworker, or if I catch myself talking in a manner that he would, it's just like, hey, you done took it too far. <laughs> Homeboy loved the Expanse novels. Oh no, he was notorious for like, he's a lifer. Like he's been he there. He's a lifer. He's been there forever. Will be there forever. Yeah, and is generally pretty detached and bitches and bitches and moans about his about his work. But if he finds something he's into if he's motivated he is a beast and he will sell it to everyone he got into this like teen novel called yeah. fair coin once by some like unknown writer yeah dude like basically like sends him christmas cards now because <laughs> like the author sends him christmas cards because homeboy was like put it in the hand of everyone and he is that way for these novels too and he called it early he right. read the first novel was called leviathan wakes he yep. read it early and was like yo this is the one and like and ended up winning like the fucking Hugo or something that year, or like it was, yeah, it did some shit. So I went in with a little, a little skepticism going into this show, right? And at the start of it, I'm curious to know how much of Thomas Jane's character, the detective, is yeah. in the books, or if Tom, Thomas Jane's kind of a weird cat. I really want to know how much of that he brought himself, right? From the haircut to the sideburns to the fedora, yeah. So I was talking to, I think, a coworker. Uh, has read the books. Yes. And she did tell me that it has a, there's, there's a mention of his appreciation of noir in, right. in, for that character, the detective Joseph, Joseph Phyllis. So the, the fedora might come from the noirish type thing. But it's yes. Like, <laughs> and the, but they make fun of the hat on the show as well. But as that started, like my initial notes were like, okay, so it's like Total Recall meets Training Day, like, <laughs> which I'm not mad at necessarily. Right. But it's like, okay, so that's what we're doing here. Wasn't quite sure what to make of it. I hope your phone is cooled down, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is another hot take Ooh. coming. Ooh. I'm going to stand by this. Okay. This is your science fiction Game of Thrones. Y- yes. As far as the breadth of the world that's created, the number of things that are going on, that first episode sets a lot of tables. It does. If you want that thing where there's a million things going on and a million characters and a million threads that are kind of yes. tying together all at once, like, this is it. 
Yeah. Like, I'm all in on this. <gasps> really? Oh, yeah. I fucking loved it. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah, I was all in on this. My thing with sci-fi is... I'm sorry. I'm really excited that you, <laughs> no, that you I lo- liked I it. I I'm, like, so it. excited. Loved it. Like, reading... Fighting off reading episode recaps for subsequent episodes, because... Oh, yeah. You gotta... Um, like, listen, I've been working a ton this week, and I will be working a ton. I was basically, like, watching it on the bus. Like, mm-hmm. I downloaded some episodes on my tablet and was watching it on the bus. Um, and, like, yo, I don't want to clean the house before Caitlin comes over. I want to watch episode four of this. <laughs> um, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like Game of Thrones. If you did not think you were going to, like, Game of Thrones because it was fantasy, yeah. and you went into it and were like, oh, it's actually about, like, politics and royal succession yeah. and things like that. If you're like... I don't know about the expanse. This sounds really like, you know, I don't like space and spaceships and things like that. Ain't about that either. It's about politics and and people and the characters. And for me with sci-fi, what I always am drawn to are the things I like the best are like small little details that yeah. go into building the world. I don't need some huge concept. I don't need to talk about like fucking quantum physics and things like that. Give me some small detail about the fact that like earth uses gravity torture on people who have been raised in space because yes. They've been born and raised in space and they have like terrible bone density and like cannot withstand Earth's gravity anymore. Yeah. That is a smart detail. Yeah. I appreciate things like that. The fact that water is more valuable than anything else yep. out in space. And they're basically like ice miners who go out to like, you know, the far reaches and pull chunks of ice off of asteroids, you know, asteroids and shit. That's a smart detail. And apparently I was reading that like of the two guys who write these books one of them was like planning it as like a game like that's what he wanted to do first right and then like ultimately like the other guy was like no you should just let's just make these books like this is huge this world you've created like let's just make books out of this i do not know how the same channel that brought us winona earp (laughs) which was made for no money no it (laughs) made this show which was made for a lot of money yeah because that's also the thing that sinks sci-fi show sometimes as if the effects are terrible though sorry just getting back to like a star trek thing discovery a senior correspondent said it really well discovery has too much money too much money yeah and too, mu- too much cgi it's too much? it was just too like it's too refined there's a part of star trek that it, it's comfortable because it's not so it doesn't feel like a movie Right, mm-hmm. you want to go back every week. It feels comfortable, and part of that is a little bit of the cheese factor, right? Yeah, just enough. Discovery doesn't have that. There's no cheese factor, right? Um, so this is the opposite. I think if there was a cheese factor, you couldn't get into it as much, right? It would p- pop you out, mm-hmm. and it's not like it's not funny. Whereas Star Trek, they had funny moments. Yeah, um, this is a very like serious, interesting show that dealt like you said with politics and societies and the military and there's so much going on and i think you need that extra level so our three threads which kate kind of mentioned are um you basically have the crew of this ice miner ship yes which replies to a distress call yeah um or isn't going to reply to a distress call they're They're going going to to ignore it ignore it which they're Um, not supposed to do yes they're mandated if they hear it by statutes or laws or whatever that they have to answer it um but they wipe the logs or the captain orders them to wipe the logs. And this dude, I don't remember his name. Um, again, I never remember characters. Vaguely Latin looking guy. Um, the ex- We'll just call him the XO. Because he's, he's a dude who's like, he's from Earth, but he like... 
Oh, oh, you mean the the main character, like the the one EXO, the like the one of the main characters. Yeah. Um, he is. Hold on, uh, James, James James Holden. So Jim. Um, he is up late and listening to it, and manages to draw out or enhance it enough so he can hear like some woman's voice, and he ends up logging it anonymously. So now they have to go out and get it. Turns out to be like a trap. The from someone, someone we don't know who. The main freighter is attacked and destroyed. They are stuck on this uh, life raft, basically. You know, the, the the shuttle that leaves the freighter. They're stuck on that. And they end up getting um, rescued slash taken prisoner uh, by Mars. Yes. Um, because Mars and Earth don't really like each other. They're having a... Uh, it's a cold war. Yep. Um, and it's always very tense. The other part the thomas jane part the noir you know detective type stuff takes place on series yes which i always thought was pronounced sarah's but um either or um what, what moon is that um oh astronomy girl is it near saturn I don't, jupiter I, I don't know. no it's no it's not that far it's the belt it is a moon of something I, it's no i think it's one of the big asteroids is it an asteroid um now i'm looking it up because <laughs> i have my phone these are me. real things apparently yes they are these are real places um so yeah, the belt is one of the places where they, you know, mine water and supplies for Mars and Earth. Yes. Yes, yeah, sorry. Ceres is the largest known asteroid, the only dwarf planet in the inner uh, solar system. Mm. And it is very, like I said, my first thing was like, oh, it's like Total Recall. If you've ever seen Total Recall, the whole vibe of Ceres and the belt is like that. It's yeah. The, the lower class, the people who are just being used to... Provide supplies for Earth. Earth, yeah. Earth primarily? Yeah, Earth. Earth technically is running the show there. Yeah. And Thomas Jane is a detective who's got this newbie who's, that's why I said it's like training day two, because he's like, you know, born and raised on Earth. He's never really been out there. Thomas yeah. Jane is the born and raised belter. Um, he's trying to like school him on the ins and outs. You see him like take a little bribe here and there. Yep. Although Thomas Jane does have a soul when it's basically... The guy who pays him off is like running an air filter. It's supposed to make air filter filters or something. Yes. And then they encounter something where it's gone bad and everybody's like choking and dying. And Thomas Jane beats the dude up and tells him to change the filters type of thing. It was great. And Thomas Jane, apparently his boss gives him like private assignments, little off the, off the books sort yeah. of things to do. And they give, she gives him a missing, a girl is missing, a young girl's missing. And Thomas Jane is tasked with finding her. Uh, Minor note, I enjoyed there. So there's water rationing in effect as well. And you yep. see Thomas Jane in his house trying to like finish a shower, but his water's been shut off because you only get X amount a day. And then he ends up going to the girl's house to try and like, you know, go through her computer and find out what she was up to before she disappeared. He notices that her water rations have not been used. <laughs> so, she has a, so he has a shower. So has a little rinse. Yeah. <laughs> like that makes sense. Of course you would. And thirdly, the is the Earth based story, which with. The um, I will never remember her name or pronounce it, but uh, she's an undersecretary. Christian. Christian, she is an undersecretary in the United Nations and has like the most luscious outfits, <laughs> just like all the jewels and, and beautiful and, saris and accent. Like yes. just, she's got this low raspy voice. She's an older Indian woman, and just has this like low raspy voice. And then she she talks. played an like, admiral in Star Trek, oh, one she? of the movies. Yeah. Well, there you go. And she's kind of a. Has learned that this, uh, which I did not know was the Outer Planets Alliance. I don't know if they ever said that or if they did it swooped by me. I just always heard them as OPA. OPA, yeah. That the OPA has acquired stealth tech. Is that what it was? 
Um, some sort of tech that they suspect yeah. might have come from Mars. Yeah. And she, you see the political side of her basically kind of double-crossing. Was it her ex-husband? I don't know what the relation, any of her relationships were. but Yeah. She just knows a lot of people. She knows a lot of people and apparently has a lot of power despite her actual title. Yes. Um, and she basically does a thing where she like leaks some maybe false information to this dude who's supposed to be able to trust her and he ends up calling mars to be like hey because he's apparently a mars sympathizer and mm-hmm. he calls up mars and he's like hey you have you missing some shit and then they notice all the spike chatter that they were checking for stuff and and she's like well if they were checking for stuff that means they didn't know which means they didn't give it to the opa yeah so no war yay yay uh, basically what you come to find is that the, how the threads start to tie together is that the girl that thomas jane is looking for was on the ship with the distress with the signal. distress signal that they answered and all all the threads kind of and at the beginning there is a very like this is why i say game of thrones as well because we yeah. recall game of thrones started with like you know a dude finding a white walker and you're like what the hell was that that was very odd yeah the expanse starts with presumably this girl um that thomas jane ends up looking for like in some weird like dead space meaning the movie and game property yeah. sort of thing like space horror type of thing and maybe it was just my tablet or the sun shining on it or something. And it was really dark. I couldn't tell. Like, they, they, that that was not a human, right? Like, no. Well, it, there was something wrong with that human. You see her on the ship, yes. And there's just dead bodies floating around everywhere. Yeah. Like, good effects. I think they did that whole, like, underwater thing with her hair. So it looked like... Uh, like she was... Like weightlessness. She was in space. Um, space, y'all. And... Yeah, you see some sort of might have even been blue eyed. Um, yes, to keep the white walker or it was thing. Blueish. Keep the white walker thing going. Yeah. So, something not quite human is there. Don't know what the hell's going on with there. Yeah, if that's if those are the people responsible for shooting the freighter or for this ship that is rapidly approaching the Martian ship that they're yeah on. Yeah, just the show is fucking great. Yeah, it's really well done, and I was. Listen, we've talked before about sci-fi shows. You think Winona Earp? You think like yes. he's kind of like lame under budget they're fun and there's a certain caliber of like nerddom that, that appeals to which yeah. is not necessarily me that's what i went into this thinking it was going to be but it wasn't it was not surprise no, you fucking knocked it out with this one and this i knew you had seen it and loved it you talked about it before i you especially start and you haven't had a chance yet but you especially start to absolutely love the crew like, you get real invested in the crew. Even like, the interrogation scenes, like, whatever that dude was doing yeah. in the Mars interrogation scene, he, like, pops some pill, and then he, like, I even want to know if those are, like, actual interrogation techniques. Like, he'll talk, and it's, like, the usual leading statement type things, but then he just, like, keeps repeating things at them, and yeah. it's, like, it's and a, then it's it's a like, very odd scene to watch. And it's, there's all that kind of, like, pseudo-sci-fi, like, are there, like, is he reading their mind? Yeah. Or... Is he using some sort of psychic kinetic ability on them or is that a thing that exists or are they learning like it's just that's really interesting to me as well it's like that that balance between something that's really hard and real to like maybe things have started to change right or like aliens as well and even reading even reading a like plot synopsis of the book um i don't know how much the show gets into this but as far as like you know they were able to colonize other places because they found something. Yes. And I don't know that comes up in the show as well or, um, it's or how heavy, heavy it's alluded to, but they found something that allowed them to like, you know, wormhole basically, um, which allowed them to develop these outer areas. And I know there are aliens somehow kind it, of. That's really complicated. It's, 
and it, the thing that they find it's not outer planet it's like the, when you think about our solar system it goes earth um mars asteroid belt mm. um and that's what separates the huge expanse between um mars and then like jupiter think that it's actually relatively close um but there are is still technology that was found to make it so space travel was a little bit easier um they get into that way way later it might even be beginning of second season mm. so that doesn't really they don't touch as much on that it's more about this like conspiracy and the politics and stuff and this cold war atmosphere um and it just the the crew just you get it just is awesome i love the crew i'm lukewarm on the crew you're lukewarm on the well you know what you haven't spent enough I time i haven't, with them I haven't yet. seen much with them yet yeah um are we ever going to find out what he should have known what he should know. Uh, who were who we talking about again? Jim. Jim? Blondie, the last thing she said to him. It's probably, There's something you should know when she got blown up. It's, I, I'm pretty sure she's probably pregnant. Okay, that's all. That's yeah. what I assumed it was. I, I, I'm assuming that's what it was. It's not like he finds out later that she was like some like fucking OPA agent or something. No, okay. no. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a nine, y'all. A nine? Holy smokes. Holy Toledo. Uh, like, I can't sell this to the listeners enough. As far as the, like, if you were averse to Game of Thrones but ended up loving it yeah. because of what it actually did in a fantasy setting, this is the same thing with sci-fi. Oh, man. And it gets so much better, too. I'm looking forward to finding out. Yeah. All right. Well, that was awesome. I'm really excited about that. Yay. Yay. Moving on. Moving on. To a, will be a much more complicated discussion, I'm sure. It will be. Much more complicated. I was like, man, Kate loves space. I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Problem is... It's slow. It is slow. We're going to get into that. Who wants to get meditative, y'all? So this is, it's funny, in an effort to uh, promote the show, I actually ended up doing this thing. Um, there's a woman, oh, I can't remember her name. It's, <laughs> I'm about to say her name is AM Cosmos, but no, that's her Twitter, that's her Twitter handle. Her name is Lauren, <laughs> Lauren Orsini, I think. Um, she runs a site called Otaku Journalist. She writes about nerdy stuff for Forbes of all places and okay. like also contributes to Anime Feminist and whatnot. Anyway, she has a thing. That she just kind of like leaves up on the internet, and if you choose to submit to it, you can. It's called Anime Origin Stories. Cool. Where it's about the blank questions, like questionnaire basically, about your history in anime fandom, how you found it, what was fandom like, how did the internet play into it. Right. So I filled all this stuff out, and maybe, you know, hopefully, if she chose, chooses to run it and promote it, we get a little juke, juke for the show. But one of the things I was thinking of was, one of the questions was like, you know, what were the popular anime right. when you were coming up? And I was like, well, there weren't any. Yeah. It was like... Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball were like running, ruling the Sailor roost. Moon. But as far as like what was popular was what you could find. Yes. Like you just bought what you could find. If the shit, if the shit turned up, you bought it. And right. one of the things, one of the ways you found out about things were basically, you know, the sizzle reel trailer that ran when you bought, you know, if you bought Ghost in the Shell, yeah. manga video would have the like, here are some of our other titles. You would see some image or a quickie shot of another anime in their catalog and be like fuck Ooh, that, that, that? that dope. what was that and this was one of them so when it turned up at music world in devonshire mall in windsor <laughs> ontario i scooped this up and was really kind of like one of those things that like oh anime can do a bunch of different things yeah or tell a story in a much different way than yes other things would so this is one of those things so this is a movie with a hundred percent rating on rotten tomatoes wow that's weird Kate might take issue with that. This is Royal Space Force, The Wings of Oneamis. 
Yes. Contrary to earlier reports, it came out in 1987. Thank you, Internet, for lying to me. Uh, still written and directed by Hiroyuki Yamaga when he was 24 years old. 24, kids. Aim high. 24. And this was the first cinematic feature release by Studio Gainax, which is a company that we've talked about before. They did FLCL. They did mm-hmm. Evangelion. They did Nadia. Yep. They've done a bunch of stuff. All the Talk stuff. about them all the time. And they have an interesting story enough in themselves. They're basically a bunch of amateurs. Right. Who came together and started making stuff. And this was one of the things they made mm-hmm. when they first started doing things. And it tells the story of a guy named Shrotsku Ladat, who lives in a kingdom called Oneamis, which I think only gets named once. It's really unclear. It is a yeah. world like ours, but not ours. But not ours. And it's an industrialized nation. And Shiro has dreams of flying jets for the Navy, but he doesn't have the grades. So he ends up in the Space Force, which is kind of this, like, it doesn't even really exist. Oh, it's just like a... It is like... It's just a bunch of dip, dip, dipshits and losers hanging around. Yeah. With ideas that they're going to, like, launch a manned satellite. But, and no one really cares. No one really cares. Um, but to keep their funding from getting cut off, they have to, they're trying to launch a manned satellite. Yes. And the movie starts with a funeral for the last person they tried to launch up in one of those. Yeah. And the Space Force is a joke. Nobody in there really believes in it type of thing, except for a few of the higher-ups. But after an encounter with a very pious and devout religious woman named Rakini, Shiro starts to think that maybe this can bring some purpose to his life. Yes. And actually starts to focus and try and And he applies to be the first astronaut and to get involved in that, even though when he... The second he volunteers, everybody's like, oh, is there anybody uh, else, else who wants yeah. to do it? But to everyone's surprise, he actually kind of gets his shit together. And to everyone's surprise, the Space Force simultaneously kind of starts getting their shit together. There are montages, people. So many montages. Um, these like old dudes who have been working since like, yeah, <laughs> for like 60 years on these propulsion engines and whatnot. And basically, as this starts to get more successful... And, um, sorry. Looks like they might actually pull it off. Some political tensions with a neighboring nation starts starts to happen. Basically, the government is like, oh, no, you're launching this rocket. Because yeah. we want to goad them into attacking. To st- launch a military strike so we can go to war. Because everyone loves war attract. there. Everybody loves war. Anyway, ends with this really kind of tour de force rocket launch sequence that I think is like the selling point of the movie. Yeah. Um, Comes a little too late. (laughs) It's a long movie. It is very contemplative. It is very slow. There are a lot of pregnant silences. And it has a scene that we will have to get into in a moment. But Kate, first hot takes. Was this even bearable to you? Despite being about space. It's really confusing because there are interesting things in the story. And some of the animation was really interesting. Like, the scene with the lady with the, like, floor cleaner, like, (laughs) amazing scene. Absolutely amazing. But the pacing of this movie is so all over the place. The story's all over the place. Honestly, in some regards, it's one of the most anime, anime movies. Because tons of anime is, like, pregnant silences is anime to a T. Yes. And... That maybe is a problem. <laughs> um, there are things that just don't make any sense. One of them is, and we were t- talked about, we were going to talk about this, so I'm just going to launch right into oh, it. Let's get into it first. Okay. Like, I'm going to say two thirds into the movie, 
Yeah. Um, Shiro is feeling the pressure of being. This is after the assassination attempt, or this uh, is after no, the assassination this attempt, is before. It? The assassination. Yes. Damn. This is before the assassination. The only explanation I had for this. Um. He. He's. There's all this pressure, and all these people asking him. Like, there's tons of poverty in their world, and stuff that isn't great. And people are. This woman's asking these questions about it, and she's basically yelling at him for it. And he's feeling weird about everything. And do you think we should be spending? It's it's the same shit they say about NASA, right? Yeah. Should we spending this money on this when people are starving in the streets? Exactly. Um. He's just a guy who wants to go to space and doesn't have answers for all of this and is feeling really weird. And he goes off and finds this girl who he has feelings for. He's spent time with her. Yes. A lot. Um, and. He starts handing out flyers with her first, right? Uh, yes. And then they go back to. And then they go. They go back to her place. Her house has since been torn down. She had a small house. Yeah, because her aunt owed money to. It, it see, there's like plot points that are like really. You're like, what? Can you make this way simpler? But it was her aunt owed money to the, the power pe- company. The power company, and so the power company is going to build a power station where the house was, which doesn't seem to make any sense at so all. But she's living in this like barn near the church that she goes to, yeah. sort of thing. Um, and anyways, and there's this child and the child is weird. I do not understand the child. Like there's no need for the child anyways. So he is staying with her and he's being real surly. He's being really surly. And like, she's trying to like, he won't come to the table to eat. He's like sleeping on the floor and she like brings him food and he just like turns away from her and she's making then another scene. The next scene, she's like making flyers, the ones that she hands out and he's like looking at her legs and then she goes off and she has like, there's like a, a space divider a screen, yeah. a screen and she's changing and he just like freaks out and tries to rape her Yep, out of nowhere yep. for no reason with no provocation. Yep. He's just like tries to rape her and the, and she's like, tits out and she's fighting against him and he like it's awful and then she takes like a, a vase and like he sm- has a moment where he catches himself for a minute he like locks eyes with her and is like eh. and then she like and clocks, then she clocks him with a candlestick clocks him with this like <clears throat> vase or candlestick or whatever and then <laughs> that's problem one that's problem one and then the next day she like leaves the house and he comes after her and is trying to apologize. And she's all like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, I'm so sorry I hit you. I sh- shouldn't have hit you. You're such a nice guy. I shouldn't have hurt, hit anyone who's such a nice, wonderful man like you are. And he's like, but... And she's like, no, no, I, I'll never forgive myself, but hopefully you can forgive me. And, like, walks away. And it is never spoken of again. It's a real... There's no need for the scene. It's a real. There's there has no there's no like it didn't doesn't do anything to the story. It is like I and I looked. I went online and tried to, to f- being like in the past 30 years. Yeah. <clears throat> has anybody written a defense or an explanation for why this scene happens is in the movie and why is it there? And like listen, I watched this when I was in my 20s and I was like that was fucking weird. Why the hell did that happen? Yeah. Um do I just not understand art? Was this just something that was written by a 24-year-old dude who, like, I don't know. Well, though, I got to say. We need to, we need to show that we know how to animate tits? Like, I don't I, I got, I have to say, anime does this a lot. Where people just do, like, horrible, gross things that are completely out of character. It's like, it, do you think it's arty? Because there's no, there are no words, words spoken in the scene. The only thing I found that could be considered a, quote-unquote, defense. Or that maybe, the, it was an attempt to recontextualize this scene. 
is that it's the scene blogger was basically like everybody talks about that scene nobody talks about the scene that comes before it where shiro has gone i can't remember the order of things but he's basically gone to the house yeah and she's not there yeah or he's been there for a couple days he's kind of hiding out from the pressure of being an astronaut and she goes quote to work he kind of mentions this in an offhanded comment he's right like, oh is she gone to work has this weird moment with the kid where he basically like chokes it. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, and the kid doesn't the ever got, talk to him. The kid's or... got like a drawstring like top on and yeah. he kind of like pulls one of the rings and like, but pulls it too hard and the kid's like tipping over and then he and, like, it's choking her and then he lets go and the kid falls on the floor and like doesn't move. And then he Again. tries to like pull her up and she doesn't, and he like smiles at, it's just, oh, is this art? I don't, is this art? Weird. I don't know. But anyway, Rikini comes back. Yeah. It's been raining. It's raining. He's gone out to meet her. Try and give her a towel or whatever so she doesn't have to walk totally in the rain. They get back to the house, dry off. She takes her shoe off. Yeah, and there's water in it. And money falls out. And she kind of like grabs it embarrassingly, like shamefully. Um, According to this blogger, to him, that could suggest that she was prostituting herself. Right. For money. Right. I never took that from the scene. It would possibly explain no it wouldn't no it wouldn't but i mean for this character and in the time it was done you know toxic masculinity you know here is this you know the the maiden or the whore type of thing it's like oh here is this you know i was holding you up as this you know paragon of virtue you're the reason i made that inspired me to even do all this stuff because you were supposed to be better than all the rest of this shit but you're not and i'm a 24 year old writing this script trying to capture the nuance of how a man would react there and it might be like well fuck it i've been on my best behavior up to this point if you're just you know selling it to people who don't care about you i deserve it type of thing none of this makes it defensible no and it's like it has nothing at to all. do with the story and i think that's pulling it out of thin air anyway you see her like cutting grass at some point or like you know yeah. clearing a field which i assumed when he said which i always assumed for the 20 years since i've seen this movie when he says oh is she at work that's the shit she was doing yeah prostitution never entered my mind does that even sound feasible to you hey, at all or yes only now because it, you've you've said it and him being all sulky afterwards now it's the only thing that would explain why he's so sulky yeah which makes sense we don't ex- we don't understand art, and that is fine with me. Because if art needs to be that, like, if art needs to be rapey, we don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. Um, also, there are like tons of things that don't make sense in the movie. There's like the pacing is awful. Some of the dialogue's terrible. The weird other language in the film <laughs> is funny. I did. I watched subtitles. Yeah. Um, and I recall the dub not being terrible when I watched it. I had the Brian dub. Brian Cranston back in the day. did the dub part of it is he yeah he did a lot of shit for manga video back then um and there were things i liked though there were bits and pieces of it that i thought were interesting um i thought did the launch sequence get you back wouldn't be back your heart at all (laughs) the launch okay so there were a couple scenes launch sequence the like fight war launch sequence was amazing Mm. It's at the end of the film. <laughs> After like two, an hour, like, hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, I'm like, it could have really, like, you know, way earlier. <laughs> this, we could have done some other stuff. Um, I thought things that were funny were when they were watching the explosions of the rockets <laughs> and the guys doing the sound effects. He's just, just like, kaboom. Um, there were, so there were, like, bits and pieces that were really good. I don't think you need this secondary story, really, with this woman. 
and just the uh, the rapiness just drags it down so and much. What did you think of the uh, clearly aspirational 2001 montage <laughs> at the um, moment of the movie? At the end of the movie, um, so he gets up there. Yes, and there's like this bright light, and and he says, uh, he's broadcasting." Basically, you know, it is a really. I will give credit to the movie for this. It's like it's so the ship launches. It's animated gorgeously, amazingly, and it just kind of like leaves all the combatants on the field. Yeah, just awestruck. Awestruck. They just stop fighting and watch this thing go yeah. up into the sky. And he starts broadcasting, and he basically says a prayer for like humanity. And yeah. then the sun comes over the horizon of the planet and like kind of floods the capsule with light. And then you see some sort of like so snow. Oh well, yeah, after. No. Oh, sorry. I oh. didn't know if you wanted to... No, you see this, like, montage of basically, like, humanity's progress. Yes. For, like, five minutes. Yeah. It's real, like I said, it's a real 2001 type of thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right, human achievement, hooray. And then there's a scene where female sees snow. Oh, I can't remember <laughs> Rikini. it. Rikini. sees snow. And I'm like, pretty sure that's Ash. <laughs> just this capsule exploding i'm pretty sure but i don't know for sure because i was like what does this have to do with anything that had a lot that was me a lot during the movie like what does this have to do with anything well that's what i get for trying to give her capital a art anime a lot of a lot of thinking but also not like there's just a lot of like and there are things that i really liked when they were sending um some of their like crewmates off and they did like a silly sending them off, and they have one of the guys has oh, a kebab. The salute, yeah. And then they're on the ship, and they're knocking the things on the ship, and they're like, there are scenes that are really iconic and interesting and great. <laughs> Keep making fun of him for always being in his uniform, yes, because <laughs> he doesn't have any other fucking clothes. Um, and there are parts it just they're the like I said, piecings all over the place. It's like they're trying to do too much in this film, trying to add. Well, they probably were because they didn't know too much in there. It did not work. <laughs> they may have thought this is our only shot, like. Yeah, and we're making this thing, and we may never get to do another one. I can see the inspiration they took from some things, like their animes. I, I, I'm proud of myself for noticing this. It was very like Tintin esque, mm. like the faces, and sure enough, there was like inspiration from Tintin and some other, other. These guys are all these guys are all fanboys. Basically, yeah. that's why they started it was because they were fanboys. Um, and you can see how this has inspired other animes for sure. Mm. The fact it came out in 1987 is definitely a point for it because to come up with such an interesting world and story, um, that is kind of awesome in 1987. Um, it definitely showed what that anime, anime could be so much more than just what people had taken it to be at that point, at least for North American audiences. Yeah. Um, so there were some amazing things. It just... As a story and a movie, I just... All it takes is one rape scene, y'all. It's not even just the rape scene. Even up to that point, I was like, ugh. <laughs> there's so much... You know what? You know what? Here. This is how my brain works. Mm. The movie's really slow. The pacing is weird. And there are a lot of... There's a lot of silence. And like... This is anime trying to be capital F film, like yes. we've talked about before. It reminds me of one of the worst trips I've ever taken, <laughs> which was to like a vacation or narcotics. No, no, I, I, I went to, um, with someone to go to like this dance up in, uh, where it's, they have a university there, Waterloo. What's the one that's Waterloo? Kitchener. And, 
Kitchener. I think we were in Waterloo and we were staying at this student house and nobody was nice. There's nowhere for us to stay. It was cold. There was no food in the house. Like, it was the worst. It was just cold the entire weekend we were there. nightmare were you in? <laughs> it was awful. And I was hungry and tired and cold the entire weekend, basically. That's what this movie reminds oh, me Jesus of. Jesus Christ. It's just this cold, hungry, not really making sense. No one's very nice. It's not like a... Couldn't really get into it. It is a six. So cool. it is it is a six. There are things that were awesome about it, but not awesome enough. Also, all the characters are terrible. That's the other thing. Space, y'all. I tried. But they didn't even like go to space, barely. Just one guy. And he probably blew up. <laughs> blew up on his on his one re-entry. Guy, he barely went to space. He was just kind of orbiting. Yeah. Blew up on his re-entry. I do remember my rewatch. They did a good job of making that feel very claustrophobic oh yeah when even when he's in and she he gets the phone call and he's, he's like oh, him, all the wires himself out and, of this thing i'm yeah. like i don't know i don't want to be in that thing yeah anyway i think this thing's out of print um i don't yeah, think you can yeah, find, I yeah. find it anywhere so they and don't care if you pirate it and apparently for like decades they've been talking about a sequel set in the same universe well, 50 years oh, after the fact that's the one of the thing points for it um mm. the world was really cool mm. the weird religion the re- weird holy book thing oh yeah um, yeah that stuff was all cool. uh it looked it did look like a, a philip k dick novel <laughs> or like blade runner in at points especially if anyone's seen um oh what's that movie i saw that i didn't like and i thought it was <clears throat> luke besson um valerian valerian um if anyone's seen valerian the like prostitute scene that they did a much better job in this anime of that scene. <laughs> Anyways, continue. They've been talking forever about some project Gainax was working on called Blue Uru, which was supposed to be a sequel spiritual or otherwise to Wings of Oniamis. Apparently, it's still happening. Oh. Um, they've been just trying to get financing together. So, who knows? Maybe it will come back into print at some point if they ever get this thing together. I think 2018 was the last thing I heard. Who knows? We're still waiting on the fourth Ava movie. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe hold my breath for that one. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. Only every 30 years. <laughs> maybe it will uh, have a resurgence of critical appreciation. Anyway, we have been chatty as fuck this episode. We have so chatty. Caitlin glancing at that time clock like, holy shit. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because we've been chatty and we're going to get out of here. Um, so if you, like we said, wanted to find us, we're on soundcloud.com forward slash geekdownpod. Uh, feel free to rate and subscribe with that Apple podcast button. Yep. Um, and you get magical episodes that come right to you. Um, if you want to get at us, as Jordan always says, you can do so um, at our Twitter, which is at geekdownpod. Mm-hmm. Our Instagram, which is also at geekdownpod. Yep. Our email address, which is geekdownpod at gmail.com. Yeah. And our Facebook, which is www. Dot Facebook. Dot com. Forward slash. Geekdownpod. Yes, sir. And I think that's it. Oh, and if you feel like you maybe perhaps would like to either know more about the show or possibly support us financially we would love that we would um you can go to patreon.com forward slash geekdown pod and find us there yes you can all right awesome my name is caitlin mckinnon my name is jordan ferguson Um, theme music is by rob gasser and we'll see you next week bye What's, oh, I said aesthetic yesterday, and all I could think was aesthetic. <laughs> Suck it, Caramonica.
All I need, all I need, is for her little podcast to get <laughs> the shots I take a junker and Monica to get picked up. <laughs> Fabulous writer, great writer, have a career. Any aspiring anybody who's ever written about music, we all aspire to your career, John Caramonica. But you don't have the range, my dude. Hi. She doesn't have the range. She doesn't have the range. <laughs> <laughs>